Welcome to the Bridge Church Podcast. To find information about the bridge, including service times and directions, check out thebridgeportage.org. We hope the following message inspires you to be one, make one. (laughs) Folks, it has been such a strong series going through the book of James together, and I've loved what's happened in this environment I'm so glad you're here today as we wrap up this series. My name is Jeff. I get to be lead pastor here, and I get to do the last little section of James. But just real quick for a moment, just celebrate with me that a church is gathering around the Word of God and going through section by section and asking the question, God, what do you want to teach me? How do you want to change part of the way I live my life, respond to things, every choice? And this is just a good time just to kind of stir it up again in this place. When we open God's Word, do you lean in? Do you kind of say, okay, God, what, what do you have for me today? Do you hold back and go, well, I'm not so sure? Uh, and if God did instruct you on something, would you say yes to that? And all of that is just a good stirring moment for us to say at this church, we try to be disciples of Jesus, taking God's word and applying it to our lives. Do you know that every week we get together here and do this, but life groups happen all week long. How many of you by show of hands are in a life group? How many people are in a life group? Love it. Two hands. Thank you, Tyler. Tyler had both hands up. Maybe you're in two. I don't know. Um, Here's the good news. All week long, life groups unpack this scripture and they pray for one another and say, how do we live this more effectively? If you're not in a life group, you're, you're missing out on that great opportunity. On Thursdays, Joel has men's groups on in the morning and in the night. In all this series, you guys have been unpacking this saying, how do I be a man of God using James to do that? We're back here again today. I just want to tell you where Pastor James is going to push us today. We're going to talk about a push to prayer, the promise of prayer, and the the encouragement to pray for wanderers. And after I teach that for about 10 minutes, uh, warning to you ahead of time, I'm going to ask you to activate on it right here, right now. You can't teach on prayer from James and then not have time to pray. So we're actually going to do that in this room. And at the end of our worship and singing time, We're going to have communion available for anybody that wants to have communion. So uh, I'm excited about this last uh, episode of this whole series and where we're going. But when it comes to prayer, some of you remember a few weeks back when we did a whole series called Teach Us to Pray. As disciples of Jesus, then and now, we come to the master and we say, teach us to pray. Don't let me stay in a place where I was before in the area of prayer Teach me how to pray with new fervency, intensity, boldness in the name of Jesus. If I've been hesitant at all, Jesus, teach me to pray. And we spent a whole bunch of time on that. Do you remember how we gave out these little prayer stones? I love that. I was just at somebody's office this past week, and I saw this on his monitor stand. And uh, uh, yeah, anyway, I just I love to know that our little pushes like that are helpful for you on that one. One more quick invitation, suggestion, Wednesday morning prayer. I've told you all about this numerous times, and some of you haven't taken me up on it yet. Every Wednesday morning at 6.30, right here in this space, we pray for God's filling and His spiritual presence. And it's about an hour long. People come and go as they have to get to work and things like that. The Wednesday morning, Terry, you were here. Uh, this, the Wednesday morning prayer time was one of the most intense prayer times I've actually ever had in this building. And uh, Peg challenged us to, to listen for God's voice and then to go and pray for another person with whatever we felt God wanted us to pray over that person. And I sat down right here and Wendy and several others came up and prayed over my life. And I'm telling you, I, I floated out of this room on Wednesday morning. It's part of why I'm so charged up even today, because I know the power of prayer. 
So I want to lead us into that teaching. I want to remind you that at the end of our time together today, we're going to be in these groups of threes and have personal time of prayer and stuff like that. But Esther, thanks for sharing about your discipleship group earlier. Would you read our section for today? And if you have your Bibles, James chapter 5, verses 13 to 20, let's go. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with the oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power, and it produces wonderful results. Elijah was a human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from the wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. Thank you, Esther. Good job. Verse 13 Pastor James, to a group of Christians in the city of Jerusalem, pushes them to pray instinctively. Let's go back to verse 13. Here we go. Are any of you suffering hardships? Is anybody here today or watching online suffering hardships? Anybody? Look at you. Well, that was fast. I mean, like, what's going on, right? He's like, boom, right there. Folks, all of us have moments Today, tomorrow, yesterday, that we, we, we run into things that are hardships. By the way, it's the same word as the chapter before about enduring, like a, like a farmer or like a prophet. It's the same word. So are any of you running into really difficult situations? Pastor James is saying, instinctively, your first response, you should pray. And the problem is, is most of us don't think, oh, I'm going to pray. We think, oh, I'm going to call a friend or I should, you know, read a book about this. And here's James saying, if you are really suffering and something's difficult for you, instinctively, you should pray. Are any of you happy? Anybody happy? Oh, look, see, there's the hands. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, front row people, I think, are happier. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> folks, in a moment of joy and celebration, Pastor James gives the exact same advice. You should pray. Matter of fact, you shouldn't just pray. You should bust out and sing praises. It's the same word as Psalms from the Old Testament. So Psalms is a word to say, uh, singing kind of praise. So, so James is saying, hey, if you're happy, you should sing praises. Verse 14, are any of you sick? By the way, it should respond, you should pray, because the first one is you should pray, you should sing praises. It doesn't do that. He tricked you. Any of you sick, you should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you. And I love that. Sometimes you pray with one another, but every so often you humbly come before somebody and say, hey, I'm really struggling, I'm really hurting, would you pray over me? And I just think even that image is beautiful. In this particular case, ask the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. This is the only place in the whole Bible where we're instructed to ask somebody to pray over us, anoint us with oil. There's a reference in Mark 6, 13, where Jesus' disciples go out and do this instinctively. And just so you know, I don't think that because of this verse, only elders can pray over and anoint somebody else with oil. I think it's esteemed people, it's mature people, it's people who you trust to pray over your life. Okay, I think that's good. Alex, can I use you as a little demonstration guy? You have to take off your hat though. 
So watch this. I have a little uh, vial of anointing oil. Nothing magical. It's olive oil. Sometimes they're scented. I love the good ones that have good scents to them. You got to come over here, sir. And uh, we have about 20 of these little vials all across the stage here. And uh, Peg, we're going to need more because it looks like people stole them after last hour, which isn't a bad thing if you're going to steal anointing oil to go pray for people, I guess. Um, but, but watch this. Alice comes to me and He's a good friend. Tries, hey, Jeff, I'm, I'm dealing with this thing. Uh, I'm, I'm sick. There's a physical sickness in my life. Uh, there's something that's hurting my ability to live the life that God wants me to live. Would you pray for me? Oh, Alex, I'd love to pray for you. And I'll even take this little vial of anointing oil, dip my finger so she has a little bit on the top like that, and I will pray, God in heaven, bless Alex. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bring your healing and your grace in your power in his life, remove whatever sickness or thing that's hindering him from the life that you want him to have and bring wholeness to him as only you can do. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. How'd that feel? Good. Yeah. I'll claim that. Yeah. That's good. You take this and you go pray for somebody else now. <laughs> do you see how simple that is? And yet here is James making this as practical as ever. It's like if you're sick, have somebody pray for you. Yes, oil could be used as physical medicine if you had a cut or something like that, but I don't think that's what James is referring to. I think he's talking about the deep, penetrating healing that only God can bring. And the image of oil, I think, is a beautiful part of that. In a few moments, I'm going to give you a chance to pray. Remember I said that? Maybe some of you will come up and get one of these anointing oils, and you'll pray for somebody or ask somebody, hey, would you pray for me and anoint me with oil? Some of you have never done that before. Great. What an awesome place to get a chance to do that for your first time right here. So on the screen, I want to kind of recap where James has taken us so far. Suffering hardships, pray. Happy, pray using songs. Sick, have somebody pray for you. But here comes a whole list more. This is everyday, ordinary life. Work challenges, you should pray. Relationship issues with my family coming over on Thanksgiving, you should pray. Feelings of depression, struggling with self-identity, anger, all addictions, handling money, medical emergencies. Every time you turn on and watch the news or read anything online, oh God, we need you. Folks, you hear how Pastor James is trying to say, instinctively, we should pray. We need to pray with new intensity. The number one push that he's bringing here in these first few verses is just a push to make prayer more active and vivid in our lives. In the next section, he tells why. He says there's great power in prayer. And I do wonder if you guys believe that's true, that there's power in prayer. This section is the one that I wrestle with the most, and you've heard me talk about this. I can't figure prayer out. Sometimes I pray for healing, and healing happens. Sometimes I pray for healing, and healing doesn't happen. But guess what? Just because I can't figure it out doesn't mean that what's here in the Word of God isn't compelling as an encouragement for me to do. Listen to this, verses 15 and 16. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. The biblical command is to pray for this healing and to go after this with intensity. There's power in prayer. In our study Bibles that we've been using around here, we have a few more for sale over there. Um, There was a footnote that captured my attention, and I want to show it to you because I think this is a great summary of this. The Christian's most powerful resource in communion with God is through prayer. Do you guys agree with that? 
Is the number one way you could connect and have strong connection with God prayer? Or is it, oh, I have to go to a Bible study or something else? And I think this is just a great way to say again, prayer is the direct connection. It's the direct download. It's the high-speed internet. It's the place where your soul connects directly with God. And I just love how that says that. The results are often greater than we thought were possible. Some people see prayer as a last resort to be tried when all else fails. This approach is backwards. Prayer should come first. Because God's power is infinitely greater than ours, it only makes sense to rely on it, especially because God encourages us to do so. Pastor James, talking to a group of Jewish Christians in Jerusalem, refers to an Old Testament hero named Elijah. Some of you may know Elijah from 1 Kings 17 and 18. Some of this may be new for. But Elijah was a prophet in the Old Testament. And James like, remember how he prayed and the power he had when he prayed? That's the same thing I want for you. Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain and it didn't. Then he went and did battle with uh, 450 prophets of Baal, 400 prophets of Asherah. And then, uh, then he prayed, oh God, it's time, make it rain. Seven times the servant goes to look for a cloud. Finally, the seventh time the servant comes back and says, yeah, there's one dinky little small cloud the size of a human's hand. And Elijah's like, oh, it's on, let's go. James refers back to that in verse 17. Elijah was an ordinary human just as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to pray because there's great power in prayer. And you need to learn how to pray and to tap into that that connection with God. That's part of what we want to do here today. The last thing that James uses in the very last section of the whole letter of James is from James chapter 5, um, uh, verses, here we go, 19 and 20. And in this section, he prays for wanderers. And real quick, I don't know for sure who he's referring to. Two categories of wanderers that I know. Some people were really strong Christians, and yet sin has so entangled their lives, like the prodigal son wandered away from their father, wandered away from the truth, and they've wandered and gotten themselves into a whole thicket of non-godly behavior. They've wandered from the truth. Other people I think James might be referring to, matches this whole book, by the way, people that go, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, but there's no actions to back it up. Oh yeah, I checked, I'm a Christian, but there's no prayer, no activity, uh, nothing going on. And they've wandered from the truth of what that really is. Either way, James is going to finish that. You need to pray for them. And listen to how clear this is. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back, whoever's praying for that sinner, whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. That's the end of the whole letter, by the way. Nothing, sincerely, James, nice talking to you, anything like that. that, That's the end. And it's almost like the last thing he wanted to put in your head on a whole section about prayer is pray for people who wander. Do you right here and right now know anybody who's wandered from the truth of Jesus? I, mean, I, just, I see all your heads. Yeah, and they're all going to be in my living room on, on Thursday. <laughs> Do you hear the biblical imperative here to pray for those wanderers? And watch this. God in heaven, I pray for so-and-so who's wandered from you. They don't know you. They're not connected to you. They don't have the life-giving power that I get to enjoy and experience. Oh, God, find a way to draw them back to you. And if you want to, use me and my life to activate in some way, shape, or form. 
pray for the wanderers is the last thing James says at the end of this book, and I think it's a great challenge for us. So, are you willing to stand up? Everybody, if you're willing and able, please stand up. Let's go. Ten minutes of teaching from James on the power of prayer. Now we get to spend ten minutes and actually pray. He told you, you got to pray about everything. There's great power in prayer and pray for the wanderers. Here's what I'm hoping happens. In the next ten minutes or so, I'm hoping you will kind of stir it up and mix it up a little bit. Go find two or three other people. You might need to introduce yourself to them and pray in little groups of threes. Maybe if that's too much for you, you're like, mm, Jeff, I'd prefer to do this on my own. You just sit back down and you pray personally. That's okay. Maybe you come up and prayer team, would you guys come up and stand up here? Uh, maybe right away, maybe in the middle of this time, you come up, grab one of these prayer team members and say, hey, would you pray with me about this thing? So watch this. For 10 minutes in this room, we get to pray about hardships. Hey, what's something you're struggling with? Oh, good. And God, I pray for Joel and what he's struggling with right here, right now. Doesn't need to be long. Happy. What are you celebrating? God, thank you for the blessing you put in so-and-so's life. Sick. Come up and grab one of these oils and pray over that person. Have the prayer team do that. Prayer of confession. Yeah, I'm really struggling. I know that this thing is causing me to be one of the wanderers. And I confess that has caught me off guard and has pulled me away. Or to pray for a wanderer specifically. I think there's power when people call out a person by name and say, God in heaven, I pray for my friend. And you fill in the blank that they would be drawn back to you. So... In the next 10 minutes, are you willing to stir it up in here and just kind of go after this a little bit? Maybe pray in a way that you've never prayed before. Maybe go meet somebody and just say, hey, let's, let's pray together. And for the next 10 minutes, it's just kind of a free-for-all where you're praying individually, praying in groups, coming and praying with these prayer team members. And then we'll use kind of a song to push us to the next stage of our worship. Normally you say, on your mark, set, go. I say, on your mark, set, pray. See how cool that is? All right, on your mark, get set, pray. Take 10 minutes and enjoy this time in the house of the Lord. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church in Portage, Michigan. For additional information, check out thebridgeportage.org or stop by and visit us.